Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm David Greenstein, and we're studying Masachet Ketubot, Daf Kuf Yud Bet, Amud Aleph, Bamud Bet, page 112, A and B, the final page of this remarkably rich tractate. In this page, we continue examining our relationship to the land of Israel. The Talmud puts forward many beautiful statements almost exaggerating the fruitfulness of the land, the amazing qualities of the land of Israel, and the difficulties of living in the land. I'd like to focus on the story of Rabbi Zeira, which is, in fact, a continuation of the story that we encountered at the very bottom of 110b through into 111. As we recall, Rabbi Zeira was in Babylonia, and his mentor, Rabbi Yehuda, had come out strongly against anyone leaving the Torah community of Babylonia to go to live in Israel, but Rabbi Zeir can't help himself. So he painfully hides, avoids his teacher so as not to confront him, and goes off to the land of Israel. And we pick up the scene of his entry into the land on this page. We're told that Rabbi Zeir finally has reached the Jordan, and at this point he can't cross over the Jordan. There is no barge, there is no ferry that will take him over yet. And he is so eager to go across that he finds a narrow part of the river and risks his safety by holding on to a rope and climbing across a very narrow bridge to get to the other side. And there's a spectator watching him, Haudstuki, a Sadducee. That word is often a code term for some other kind of heretic or sectarian who rejected rabbinic Judaism. And this person mocks Rabbi Zeira. And he says, You people, you've always been the same. You've always been impetuous. And you've always, from the day that you received the Torah, you haven't been thoughtful. You've said, We will do and then we will listen. You jumped the gun. And here too, you couldn't wait for a safe crossing of the river. You had to go and take a chance. You guys never change. It's interesting that the same remark is recorded in Tractate Shabbat, where the story is told of a sage in Babylonia, Rava, who was engaged in trying to figure out a very difficult subject of Torah learning. And his concentration was so extreme that he had literally tied his body in knots, and he was pressing against himself and and crushing his fingers to the point where he was bleeding. But he was completely unconscious of this because he was so immersed in trying to solve this particular problem in Torah study. And again, the skeptic or the heretic makes fun of him and says, you are the descendant of this impetuous people. You're the ones that said at the very beginning of your history, we will do, and then we will think. And now you've gotten yourself into trouble. Look at how you're tying yourself into knots. 
In that story, Rava answers the heretic by saying, you don't understand. We have such faith in our Creator. We understand that our Creator would never ask us to do anything that is impossible, would never tell us to do something that is absurd, would never call upon us to do anything which doesn't make sense and which isn't right. I just have to figure it out. In our situation, in Masechet Ketubot, when the same challenge is thrown to Rabbi Zeira, his answer is a little different. His answer is, I'm approaching the land of Israel, the place where Moses and Aaron did not merit to enter. How could I not try my utmost to get into this place? When we think about his answer, I think that the implication that comes out is Moses and Aaron did not make it into this land, and I might not make it into this land either. I have to rush. If I wait, if I hesitate, I may lose the opportunity. I may not merit entering into the land. But why not? What about the faith that Rava celebrated? What about relying on the God who commands us to come and take possession of the land? Apparently, Rabbi Zeira is not quite sure whether he is doing God's will. We have here the echo of his teacher's declarations that it is improper at this point to go into the land. Rabbi Zeira can't help himself. He must go to the land. But is that God's will? He's not sure. Talmud concludes by telling us of a number of sages who came to the land and loved it so much so that they would kiss the very stones of the landscape. One sage is reported to have taken the stones that were on the roads and pushed them off to the side. At least this is the way Rashi understands the word. The phrase as he reads it is that Rabbi Hanina would fix the stones. He would smooth them out so that the roadways would be paved properly. And Rashi explains that he did that so that the ways, the roads of the land of Israel would not get a bad reputation, so that people wouldn't complain when they came to the land of Israel about the decrepitude of the highways of the land. He wanted the land of Israel to be viewed favorably by others. Tosfot has another reading. It's just a change of one letter. And according to them, Rabbi Hanina would weigh the stones. Not fix the stones, but weigh the stones. And they rely on other Midrashim which say that the very stones of Israel are heavier, are denser than the stones any of anywhere else. And Rabbi Hanina wanted to know whether he had reached the land that he had dreamed of coming to. And so he would pick up stones. And when he finally picked up the stones of the land of Israel and felt how materially heavier they were than the stones along the road, he knew that he had finally reached his destination. Perhaps we see here in these two explanations, Rashi's and Tosfot, two approaches to how one can think of loving the land of Israel. According to Tosfot's view, Rabbi Hanina loves the land of Israel so much that he sees within it such special qualities, he can sense that the land of Israel is different than anywhere else. But Rashi says that to love the land of Israel, it's required that one devote oneself to fixing what is wrong with the land of Israel. According to him, Rabbi Hanina, because of his great love for Israel, recognizes where Israel is falling apart. And because he does not want people to criticize Israel, because he does not want people to feel that Israel is in some way at fault or substandard, he does his utmost to correct the wrongs, to correct the deficiencies that he finds. That too, and according to Rashi, that especially is a great love for Israel. With this, we reach the end of Tractate Ketubot. Hadran Allah Masechet Ketubot Vahadrach Alam. We have tried to study you, 
backwards and forwards, and we hope that our study brings glory to you. And we pray that the glorious teachings that you encompass will inspire us and teach us as we go forward to other experiences, to other studies. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.